Hey, everybody. So we touched briefly on what was going on with Wall Street, but we recorded this on the 24th. So it's going to be extremely outdated and we're not going to have nearly enough information for you. Wait for next week when we're certainly going to have some turtle takes. Look, it's a flood. It's, a flood. it's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. All right. Morning. Good morning. I'm actually up before noon. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're recording early. We are recording early, I guess for all of our convenience. Just make sure you mute your notifications and don't forget about your rise up and crashing through. This is Doc, Doc and Ziggy with The Flood. Keep your death threats to... 140 characters or less. or less. What is happening, my man? Oh, man. Um, not too much, except for we now have a new president! Yes, it is official. Joseph Robinette Biden is America. Is that really his middle name? Yes. Wow. Robinette. <laughs> Joseph Sounds R. like a Biden. fucking Ben and Jerry's flavor. <laughs> it sounds like a uh, medieval legend main character or something like that from a medieval story. Robinette? Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Sir Robinette. Ooh. Ooh. The 13th night of the round table. Uh, the way you said that definitely made his presidential his presidential run feel official. I mean, he's Maverick. We got a couple yeah. of things we got to go over today. We have the inauguration and all of the Trump fallout from that. Uh, we're going to talk about Diet Coke. Donald Trump is still getting impeached. Yeah, yep. The impeachment trial was supposed to start, what, this week? Conor McGregor turned into a meme. So did Bernie Sanders. Yes. Yeah, so and uh, like Bernie meme. you wanted to talk a little bit something about YouTube influencers later. Oh, and Batman. And Batman. Uh And Batman. Yeah, no. Rolling into it here. The inauguration. Surprisingly. Calm. Very calm. Very uneventful. Which, I mean, I I think was Except for the 25,000 troops in D.C., but. Yeah, I mean, and uh, about 100 100 of them popping up with COVID. You know, over 100 of them popping up with COVID after all of that. 25,000 troops. Thousand. It was, you know, it was inevitable that they were, some of them were bound to pop up with COVID after being forced I'm to just talking about the amount quarters. of people, like the amount of soldiers, yeah. like if anyone was dumb enough to try anything that day. Did you see that afterwards they were, uh, a bunch of them were forced to like sleep in parking garages and stuff because they were being kicked out by senators and shit. Like, that whole debacle. I'm just like, Jesus. Support our troops, right? Right, right. Like, come on. This is after four years of quote-unquote air fingers patriotism. Patriotism. <laughs> uh, that's how we treated our senators. And, you know, people like AOC and a couple of others opened their offices up for people to... for. National Guard members to stay in and shit like that after this whole debacle. But I'm just like, God damn, man! Like, I 
you would think after the year we went through, right? Like everybody was like, all right, let's have a fresh start. And it's like, this is how y'all are starting out fresh. Like, <laughs> come on, man. This is how you indoctrinate people. <laughs> but other cool notes from the inauguration, Biden's granddaughter and Kamala's nephew showed up the inauguration wearing J1s. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Everybody was all obsessed with like the fashion takes because you know Michelle Obama's outfit, Kamala's mm-hmm. outfit, uh, Joe Biden's wife's outfit. It's terrible. I mean, the inauguration. I, I didn't really watch much of the inauguration. It was very typical inauguratory. I guess that's not a word. Inauguratorial. No. <laughs> you, y'all know what we <laughs> However, I did see the uh, the Trump farewell thing. Oh, my Lord. Oh, I missed that. It was so... He said... <sighs> okay, hold on. All right. So we took a break to uh, get freshened up on the farewell speech here. Um, get refreshed the most absurd final 15 minutes of a presidency I have ever seen. Yo, it was so... It was almost the perfect level of cringe. It was banter. It was racist. It was propaganda. It was contrarian. Pandering. It... The entire thing from him constantly touting these false claims of all his achievements. The China virus. Yes, the reminder that this came from China, as he claims, you know. The the several times reminder. (laughs) And then that they came up with a vaccine in nine months instead of nine years. (laughs) Just, you know, Hyping, gassing his entire presidency, which, I mean, do we really expect him to do anything different, though? Honestly, it... There was only one thing that I thought was really unexpected. All right, so, no, my dad actually told me as Air Force One was taking off, they switched to uh, My Way by Sinatra. (laughs) I did it, my... Of course he did. This fucking wannabe New York mobster, eh? bastard just him walking off to fucking ymca in itself was so like surreal and curb your enthusiasm i cannot believe that was a real thing young man there's no need to feel down young man joe biden dragged you around town i said young man (laughs) get your your guns out of the house because you are gonna be impeached, each, 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 each. I saw the whole, I hope they don't raise your taxes, but if they do, I told you so shit. Like, oh God, that just made me like audibly sigh so hard. Like, it was bad. Especially considering the fact that the tax plan that they wrote, hey guys, second warning, I know I said this once, is set to raise your taxes this year. <laughs> Yep. So when your taxes go up this year, just remember, it's not coronavirus's fault. It's not the stimulus check's fault. It's not Joe Biden's fault. It's fucking Paul Ryan and Donald Trump's fault. It's Mitch McConnell and Ted Cruz's fault. Like, it's Lindsey Graham and Mitt Romney's fault. (laughs) Like, don't forget that shit. Because... 
It's ESNAS. It's ESNS's fault. All the signaling here, like all of the misdirection, like that. Let's not forget what this president was good at, and that was exposing and laying all the cards out on the table of how this corruption works. Like, I would say that before Donald, political corruption and like the blueprint to a corrupt capitalist system was kind of like a niche hobby, right? Like, you didn't really look into it unless you were like a 9-11 truther or like really into political science, yeah. right? But what Donald's whole present, what this last four years has really done, has, in layman's terms, made it obvious to the people of America all the possible loopholes and ways that this system of democracy can be taken advantage of. What we saw was a soft attempt at fascism here. And thank God... It was soft. And doughy. And orange. And egg-shaped. With tiny hands. <laughs> Who shits he... himself. Uh... Don't forget. But had we had, you know, somebody who was more of a political strategist, somebody who was actually a decent negotiator and was able to use intimidation tactics to a more strategical advantage, this shit could have been... I feel like there is a plateau for how smart you can be while also being a fascist. I mean, you'd be surprised, right? Like, okay, what do you know about Huey P. Long? Nothing. Enlighten me. Okay, Huey P. Long was a Democratic governor slash senator in Louisiana around, like, the 19... From, like, the 1920s to, like, the 1950s. Okay. He was assassinated in... So, Huey P. Long was the 40th governor of Louisiana from 1929 to 1932, and he served as, as the Louisiana senator from 1932 to 1935, which is when I believe he was, yes, he was assassinated September 10th, 1935. Huey P. Long was a legal genius and a real, like, bulldog in the Senate. He was effectively able to um, consolidate power in the Louisiana legislature between like him and his associates so that like he was like a dictator in Louisiana. Oh wow. He like turned Louisiana into a dictatorship and he whereas he was a Democrat right and he believed in things like wealth distribution, wealth redistribution and stuff like that. He was also the governor of Louisiana in a time where like Jim Crow and yeah. like racism were like pretty much at his peak. So had this dude people thought Huey was going to and Huey was gearing up to run for president before he was assassinated, right? And he had a lot of enemies. He was like a democratic smart version of what Donald was trying to do. <laughs> and look look into Huey, yo, because like I said, if you want to know 
what a smart version of Donald Trump looks like, that's a good comparison. And of course it was on the more liberal side of things, but still now we can see all the possible, like I said, loopholes and shit that can be taken advantage of in the US system. And now we are at a point moving forward here where millennials and zoomers are moving in to positions to really like take charge Pete Buttigieg. Of, yes. There's Pete. an example. AOC. There's another one. You know, Ilhan Omar. There's another one. Raphael Warnock, you know. I mean, a lot I of... I mean, Obama was the first Gen Xer in... I mean, he's Gen X, right? Eh? Yeah, no. A little I before? Obama... He's a boomer? Yeah. I think he's a boomer. I think he's, I think he's like the latest end of the boomer. Yeah, he... Yeah, yeah. He would definitely be towards the end of the boomer spectrum. But I mean, he, I still feel like, is a part of like that 70s counter-revolution or revolutionary, you know, kind of mind state. So, some other things to fall out. Trump on his way out pardoned a fuck ton of people. <laughs> including Kodak Black and Lil, Lil Wayne, Wayne and don't forget Steve Bannon. Yeah, yeah. He did of... not pardon any members of his family or Joe Exotic. I Who apparently had a limo outside of the jail waiting for him because he really thought he really thought I'm also pretty surprised that he didn't pardon Joe Exotic. Yeah, I'm actually surprised too. Considering he pardoned Kodak Black. Like, yeah. Like you're trying to win the black vote on I, your last week? Like I, what are you trying to do? Now I am in my mind, imagining Donald Trump walking around the Oval Office listening to Kodak Black. <laughs> and this is the same guy who left to YMCA. Secretly blast Kodak Black. Because he can't because Air Force One. Because he can't let his voters know Yo, that he listens to Kodak Black. Do you think Barron who who do you think put him on to Kodak Black? It had to have been Barron. I don't right? think Trump knows but Trump knows Barron exists. Mm. <laughs> I'm imagining Barron walking Did you know he has a daughter like, named Tiffany? Yes. He doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, man. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, totally surprised they didn't pardon Joe Exotic. Um, of course he fucking pardoned Steve Bannon. He probably didn't pardon Joe Exotic and, you know, trigger warning, because he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, a meth head. And shit, and whereas Lil Wayne looks like a method, <laughs> he just drinks a lot of lean. He's a recovering method. <laughs> oh man, have you seen the memes of? So you know how Twitter and like the internet is doing how it started versus how it yeah. ended. I keep seeing Lil Wayne like how it started versus how it ended memes. Oh. <laughs> Big oof. Yeah, kids don't do drugs. <laughs> Um, and uh, on an absurd note that I saw, on the first day of his administration, not only did Biden sign 17 executive orders, which we will get to in a minute, but he also had the Diet Coke button in the Oval Office uninstalled. Oh, yeah, yeah, everybody's talking about that shit, right? And I'm just like, are we surprised? He has a, he, he has a little red button, not, not to like, yeah. not to like call forward leaders, to call for a Diet, Diet Coke. Coke. Yeah. 
the fact that and they brought it in on a silver platter son it's like okay donald was like the physical manifestation of everything wrong with capitalism (laughs) from the diet coke button on the desk to the oversized trump ties to the gold toilet seats just american opulence at its worst did i use that word right i'm pretty sure you did use that (laughs) word correctly way to go i'm just glad it's over and we're sliding into a more casual american aristocracy right like even me being you know the proletariat that i am yeah <laughs> can appreciate casual american aristocracy yeah <laughs> like i get certain aspects of capitalism. buying a yacht no i don't get buying a yacht that is an absolute flex even though if i got the money to buy a yacht I, would I, totally thought you would, I thought you would respect the, the the part of capitalism that just allows you to flex sometimes. I do. That's the part of it I do like. You know, because it cre- I do believe, as problematic as it sounds, that this capitalist hierarchy does promote a sense of initiative and ingenuity and motivation, right? Like the American dream, as much as we realize it is just a dream now, I mean, it's still... It's still, yeah, achievable at some point. I'm not gonna do it. Uh, (laughs) That's a fucking cliche right there. But, I mean, that's the whole point of the song, right? That is literally the whole point of the song. Is like, the American dream does seem... What song for all the Zoomers out there? Oh, fucking Biggie Smalls. It was all a dream. I feel like... I feel like that is the hip-hop version or the black version (laughs) to keep it 100 of journey oh yeah (laughs) i can totally get that it was all a dream (laughs) i used to read word off magazine yeah exactly you that's all you have to say right and then somebody is going to pick it up from there salt and pepper heavy d up in the limousine (laughs) oh man um damn damn so yeah. And the then we Diet got these Coke articles of impeachment going. that have been filed against Joe Biden? Oh, yeah. The, what, what the fuck is her? Marjorie Rep- Taylor? Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia. That, that crazy nut job. Isn't she the QAnon? Uh, I don't know, but it was literally two days after Biden was inaugurated, and I yeah. was like... And I saw the video. I was just like... Okay. I saw the video of her announcing it, and I was just it's like... It's like literally five seconds long. <laughs> And she was grinning from ear to ear, like, get ready for the trolling. I've seen Fox News uh, Chirons uh, talking about Joe Biden's terrible first week. And I'm like, and the internet is like, it's been three days. You want to go down what he's done in his first week? They are so, but my point is, like, they are so ready to retaliate with the pressure that... Donald Trump faced the entire four years that they, like, the second the inauguration happened, they were foaming at the mouth. <laughs> so, let me go real quick down the things that he did with his 17 executive orders, right? Okay, so you have the executive orders. Oh, on. yeah, so he's uh, requiring masks on all federal grounds and uh, extend the moratorium on evictions and federal student loans. 
rejoin the World Health Organization, yes. revoke the permit of the Keystone XL pipeline, uh, rejoin the Paris Accord, decided to roll back the energy and climate regulations of his predecessor, a freeze on interest and principal payments for federal student loans, extend foreclosure moratoriums, repealing the ban on travel from several majority Muslim nations. So, he's also going to be supporting the Dreamers Act, and he's ending the national emergency at the border that Trump just called for his uh, border wall. And uh, he also rescinded the 1776 commission that was basically trying to turn America's kids into Nazi youths. Also revoked the ban on transgender people from serving in the military, as well as reversed the so-called global gag rule that blocks US aid to organizations abroad that perform abortions or offer counseling on the procedure. That was his first day. I mean, but he said that's what he was gonna do, right? And I'm, as you see, they are ready to hold his feet to the fire. <laughs> they are ready to hold his feet to the fire. Fox News is, like I said, foaming at the mouth for him to make mistakes already. Even, you know, more centrist organizations are already talking about his backpedaling on things like the $2,000 stimulus checks instead opting for the 1400 To make a total of 2000 Um That was political rhetoric right there, just like 101. Yeah. With the grand claims it's he made to become president. And, you know, the, I guess, leftist lead or progressive lead he took in his campaign, people are going, on both sides of the aisle, are going to want to see how he delivers on these things moving forward here. So I That's do, the one difference between Democrats and Republicans, is Democrats are still willing to skewer their own. Eggs, but that's what's going to make this fight hard, right? Yep. Even with a 50-50 Senate. Yep. 51-50 Because of the filibuster. Um, yeah, which is the one of the hot topics at the moment. Is Will the Democrats pursue the nuclear option to keep or to make it so that they can really bulldog the Senate and get these objectives really pushed through? You know, the discussion is also being had on Joe Biden's ability to reunite the nation because we are... He's he's a, a he's a president that just he, he's I feel like he's gonna help heal America. Just be like, all right, everybody, like come sit around Grandpa's fire. Like that's his. I do feel like that is his main or should be his main objective because we are. We also a, know he's not gonna run again. No, no fucking no, way he runs. He didn't want to run the first. He didn't want to run now, right? It wasn't until people were like, "No, Joe, you need to." All the corporate, Demo all the corporate, corporatist Democrats, and all of the centrist Democrats were like, "You know, Bernie's too far left, Elizabeth Warren is too far left, and they're not going to be able, or perceived by the media, they weren't going to be able to really bring systems of government together." Because I feel like Bernie could have brought the people together, but he would have had a hard time Oh, in very the hard time manipulating the system. And Biden has a reputation for being somebody who's willing to make deals. Yes. Well, I mean, he was like close deals. buddies with McCain. Yeah. And those two were known for making deals across the aisle. Yeah, so I do feel like... Because we all certainly can agree that Biden is a reasonable person. I feel like Biden can 
I feel like Biden will probably be good at what the media and the older generation wanted. Make America boring again. Yes, bringing us back to the Obama years, right? Where people didn't pay, not necessarily that people didn't pay attention to politics, but that- They didn't feel like they had to, because it wasn't constantly causing anxiety and stress every day. I don't think we'll ever get back to that point though. Well, yeah, right. social media and mass communication. Well, what Donald really did, hard. right? Donald made it so that uh, everybody now, from the right side to the left side, from the far right to the far left, is now extremely concerned with the actual trajectory of this nation, especially as far as like the economy is concerned, right? Like, that's going to be the made his major point. His major goal here should be repairing the economy and making it beneficial for every American. Because if the coastal elites continue to benefit from a democratic president while rural and middle America is forgotten about, it will continue to further the divide and radicalize more people. You know, there uh, I saw a discussion being had about where the QAnon followers will go now that their cult has kind of been... Exiled? Yeah. And there's already reports of neo-Nazis and stuff and white supremacists recruiting these fallen QAnon supporters. We, unfortunately, as much as it seems like we should just move forward with the progressive agenda, we do have to do some recovery therapy. Yeah, this is something that actually leads me perfectly into that point. So all of those QAnon supporters and white supremacists, where are they gonna go? Well, Donald Trump, rumored, wants to start something called the Patriot Party. Now, let me tell you something. The, Patri the Patriot Party has actually already existed. I really, yes. I feel like I feel like I knew that. But so the Patriot but. Party was in 1960s to 1980s Chicago, a socialist organization of mm. poor Appalachians, a street mm. gang that worked with Young Lords and Black Panther Party in Chicago, and they were an original member of the Rainbow Coalition, formed by who? Jesse Jackson, Fred Hampton. Oh, Fred, that's right. Fuck. Fuck, I can't believe I did that just now. Why did I give Jesse credit for that? <laughs> yeah. By Fred Hampton. You see how they co-op things, though? But that's how fascists I don't do. think Trump knew about that. No, but you don't think that somebody who is in his circle knew about that? That's the thing about Trump, right? He's not smart, but Steve Bannon is. You know, Michael Flynn was. Yeah. <laughs> like, the people, he does have some, that's why Roy Cohn was, like, he knows how to surround himself with the kind of people who can get the dirt done. Michael Cohen got away with it for years. Yes, yes, so somebody, I can't, I can't, I, I thought you would have just like known that the moment I said, you know, socialist organization in Chicago. Yeah, I know, and... I don't know why I said Jesse, right, but... I'm disappointed in you. Yeah, I'm disappointed. You're disappointed in, in yourself. If, yeah, if we had the camera up, you guys could see my 
visual disappointment. He threw his guys. phone. <laughs> not hard. It's not going to break, but he definitely hit the button. Uh, yo, look. <sighs> but that's what they do, right? They co- That's what the Nazis did. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to keep making Nazi comparisons, right? Because it all feels like I mean, we're breaking, we're just breaking um, Goblin's law left and right. So. But what the Nazis did was co-op socialist agendas for a nationalist perspective, right? And then as soon as they got into power, they started excluding more and more people from those socialist agendas, and even just outright revoked some of the things that they were talking about. Yeah, I just think it's uh. It's interesting that they chose, if they did know about this, something that is the total opposite of of what what they believe. Yeah. I mean, but he's done that his entire presidency, you know? He's always talked about helping out middle America and rural Americans and how they're just forgotten and forsaken, yet he hates them. You know, there were rumors and reports, and I don't know how worth it it is to actually go into that, but he was, you know, disgusted by the people who showed up for his capital riots. Like, it, this is an... Violence up- is never acceptable. This is an upper-crust dude we're talking about here. Like, this is a child, like, born into wealth. Upper-crusty. Like, crusty as fuck. But... <laughs> Donald Trump is a rich kid. Yeah. He's a rich kid. He is a spoiled rich kid. He's the he's stereotype. Yes. He's the character archetype. And he's not even like a rural spoiled rich kid who's like daddy struck it big with oil one day. Like, no. He's, he's had, like old... He, no, he's not he's, old money. He's yes, like he slum is. money. He's like slumlord slum money. money. Yeah, like, but still kind of old money because like that money come from his great great-grandma, if I remember correctly. I thought it was just, like, his granddad. No, okay, so, you know, Lighthouse, double-check me on this, but I'm pretty sure his great-great-grandmother ran a brothel. Well, all right. (laughs) And that's where his family got their money from. And then his dad was a slumlord. So the whole family is fucked. (laughs) I'm just saying. We could show up to a Patriot Party rally in a bunch of Fred Hampton shirts. See how that goes. Yeah, you saw. We how will went. get shot. I was gonna say you saw. Especially now, they beat the fuck out of the people wearing Black Lives Matter shirts when he was running the first time. They're probably stupid enough to not even know who Fred Hampton is, though. Probably. Probably. We're not gonna test that theory. I was gonna say there. There's some. Probably more like hardcore, like white supremacist or fundamentalist and his uh, followers that do know who Fred Hampton is for all the wrong reasons. Yep. Break time. That's all the politics we have, everybody. You can breathe now. And we're back. Alright. King Kong vs. Godzilla looks dope. (laughs) So in movie update news, yeah, some trailers have dropped. King Kong versus Godzilla. Good God, return of the monster movies. Oh, how, yeah. How long has it been since we've had a good monster movie? I mean... Cloverfield? So you didn't watch uh, the new King Kong movie? Mm-mm. I started watching it. I haven't finished it. It's like two hours long. Um, it's good so far, though. It's... Okay. So in fun movie versus good movie news... <laughs> 
Okay. So far, King Kong, the first King, uh, not, but the remake that just came out. The first remake of King Kong. No, that's the, so not the Jack Black one. King Kong Skull Island. So, which was like a hard, uh, what do they call it? Redo? Yeah. Like a hard revamp from the uh, 2015 Jack Black version. So, Skull Island came out in 2017. I recommend you watch it because so far it's fun um, and also so far it's good it's got Samuel Jackson in it all right step one um, Tom Hiddleston okay John C Riley okay John Goodman okay Brie Larson okay Jason Mitchell okay I don't know who that is easy -E. oh okay uh, Corey Hawkins uh, you know Corey Hawkins from. Anyway, but before that, oh, that's a stacked ass cast. Corey Hawkins was also in Straight Outta Compton. That's a stacked as Dr. Cast. Dre. Uh, yeah, that cast is fucking loaded. Yeah. And Jing Tain, I think I pronounced her last name right, from Pacific Rim. Okay, so they got people who are clearly versed in action movies. Yeah. So. Like I said, so far it's a good movie and I enjoyed it and looking and it was all setting in the Godzilla movie I haven't watched it either. Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. So that came out in... Godzilla King of Monsters came out 2019. That has... Millie Bobby Brown in it. Mm-hmm. Um, O'Shea Jackson. Yeah. Thomas Middleditch. So, a much less star-studded cast. Yeah, but... <laughs> but... Focusing more on Godzilla in that one. But both of them were setting up for this, you know, Kong versus Godzilla, which, you know, is a redo from the original, like, King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Which... When did that one come out? Wasn't that a Japanese movie? Um... I think... Was King Kong originally a Japanese movie? 19 Godzilla was. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, yep, the original King Kong versus Godzilla was a Japanese production that came out in 1962. Yep. With a budget of 620000 they made $10 million. So, I don't know what that is adjusted for inflation, but... A lot, probably. Let's see what today... So... The Little Things. That was another trailer we watched. Well, hold on, because I want to see what Kong vs. Godzilla, the budget was for this one. $155 million budget. So that's quite an upgrade. Yep. <laughs> it looks beautiful. That trailer it looked did. beautiful. It did. Oh, my goodness. It <laughs> looked gorgeous. It made me want to risk COVID and go see it in theaters. <laughs> Oh, man. So the next trailer we watched, we watched uh, The Little Things, which is a, it looks like a serial killer movie. Yeah, yeah, that gave me serious seven vibes. Yeah. Like Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, you know, they had like this. Jared Leto, yeah. who fits the Kevin Spacey vibe perfectly. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised that Jared Leto gets like Me Too'd or something later. I was going to say, uh, you know, Rami Malek kind of fit the Brad Pitt vibes a little bit. You know what I mean? Like... He was. That, I think that's what was giving me Brad Pitt and Seven vibes. Yeah. Oh, come on. Come on. Don't be like that. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't Brad Pitt's sidekick in Seven a black officer, too? Exactly. 
Who it was, was it? Morgan Freeman. It was. I thought it was. Yep. 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 So. It's just a new, it's a modern day seven. It looked like a good thriller though. And that yeah. one's coming out at the end of this month on the 29th. Um, uh, when is Kong vs. Godzilla set to drop? March. So Kong vs. Godzilla will come out in March. Uh, Mortal Kombat. We already, you know, we talked about the Mortal Kombat yeah. trailer already, but that one, another teaser trailer got released for that. Uh, I'm still waiting for more to be released about that. I don't even know when the uh, if it has a release date. Oh, April. So we'll get Kong in March. Godzilla, or yeah, we'll get Kong versus Godzilla in March. Mortal Kombat in, in April. April, and the little things will be dropped at the end of this month. So. Right on. We'll have some turtle takes for you guys, uh, you know, coming soon on those things. Yeah, uh, so the other thing that started, WandaVision. Yes, I watched the first episode. Of I watched the first two. Oh, and what I, like I noticed, I like what I had noticed what did, what did is the first two episodes are portraying different sitcoms. And did I feel like they're going to progress through time So I definitely different... Got sitcoms like the first one was much more like leave it to beaver and then the second one was like bewitched no i see i think the first one was very bewitched it was just like classic before i guess they transitioned it to color bewitched um it definitely gave me like heavy dick van dyke vibes yeah <laughs> but the next episode like they the intro is done like the bewitched intro. so they lean way more into the bewitched Yes, and that's game. what, and it makes me think that they're going to be traveling through different sitcoms. They basically were listening to our episode about Deadpool jumping in through all of the <laughs> Sam Jackson movies, and they were like, "Let's do that for Wanda and Vision." Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like the whole calm sitcom approach to sitcom. So, do you think calm approach? Do you think she's in a coma? Because. I, the thing that's making this series really unique and intense is like the sitcom thing. It's like cute, it's adorable, but yeah. it's clearly a dream state yes. of some sort. Of because some sort. The the I like agree. parts where there's like no sound and there's just like one thing looking at the camera, and then it's like uh, you haven't watched the second episode, so you yeah. haven't seen the choking scene. The, where his boss choked yeah. at the table? That I thought that was the first episode. Oh, well, if that was the first episode, like where the wife is just like, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. And then Scar, and then uh, yeah, that's Wanda the first like episode. snaps out of it and yeah. she's like, Vision, help him. Yeah. Yep. And then that's when he like, yeah, saves him from choking at the dinner table. And that whole episode is very reminiscent of like a, like I said, old lucy sitcom where it's like they're trying to they've got that, that was the classic, vibe of the first episode it was yeah, i love lucy it was that classic misunderstanding the first episode was i love lucy the second yeah. one was bewitched okay okay yeah so i'm interested to see yeah what's going on here because clearly they i almost felt like maybe they had been captured and are being held hostage i'm by thinking maybe she i think she's either in, in coma some kind of, like, yeah, or she's thing. in or Potentially, I think she might even be on like a subconscious psychic rampage, maybe. That's what the internet seems to believe, that she completely like 
So I think this is all after. Um, yeah, Age it all of takes Ultron. place after Endgame. No, I think it takes place after Age of Ultron because remember in Infinity War, they were Wanda and Vision were off on like some romantic venture. Remember, and they hadn't seen them for a long time, and I feel like they left. And then Vision dies. Yeah. And that could have broken Wanda, to it, which she goes into this okay. psychic universe yeah. where Vision is still alive. See, I'm wondering if this is where they were in between Age of Ultron and Infinity War. And if this is what they had been up to. And Wanda created this alternate reality for them to live out their lives romantically in after being given a chance to, you know, just go off and relax. I don't think it's a conscious decision because you remember where they're just like, well, where are you from? And they didn't know. And they were like, what's our anniversary? Yeah. They didn't know. Because what if in an attempt to give them a life where they could live normally, Wanda wiped both of their memories? That would explain why they don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to figure it out. I, but like I said, I'm loving this uh, <laughs> classical sitcom approach I think, they like, took to this people, shit. It's definitely a generational thing, but like a reintroduction of that type of sitcom, I don't think younger generations will understand or or pick up that it is a classic... Like, yeah, that it is a progression of a classic sitcom. But you know how this generation to an extent likes to dig up those references though yeah. so they will go back and look and be like oh the him tripping over the footstool was in the entrance or in the intro to the dick van dyke show and that kind of i know he didn't really trip over a footstool but you get what i'm saying yeah like so that so one, far so good yeah that one that one i'm definitely i'm definitely interested in and yeah people, i'm gonna keep up with that one yeah I, I know i said i was gonna keep up with the mandalorian actually and you I know really what enjoyed this just came to my head it's got truman show vibes Mm-hmm. yes yeah it has truman show vibes it definitely like yeah something it almost feels like something is behind the scenes pulling the strings and she doesn't know but she kind of knows or because vision's not the one that's hearing all of this shit. it's just wanda or she has an idea that something is off. Like, I don't think Vision can tell that something is off yet. Because he's a robot. And he couldn't even... Uh, yeah, you know, but <laughs> he made that whole joke that because he's a robot, he doesn't forget things and couldn't remember what the anniversary was or how they got there. So, but he hasn't made the connection that I feel like Wanda has made yet. That something is really off like he's like huh i wonder why i can't remember that stuff and wanda's like yeah why can't you remember that stuff yeah hmm it's definitely one of the more unique pieces of media i've seen in a while and it almost is like truman show black mirror it's wild that you said that because they're not doing anything other than using those old sitcom aesthetics and tropes. So is it just refreshing because it's not a uh, Lori three camera show? No, I I think because that's I think the show is actually gonna end up having seriously very dark undertones by the end of it. Oh, absolutely. And I get that from the 
upbeat nature of the show at the moment. I feel like something, but that's much just, like the Truman Show. Yeah, but that's but once again, we've been primed for that kind of shit because of the <laughs> kind of media we're into, right? So, and that just goes even deeper into like the actual like millennial Zoomer trauma psyche <laughs> that it is. We can't be fucking happy for too long or accept you know general states of calmness for too long because we just wait for shit to like backfire and explode but that's a whole nother topic in other comic book news hbo is in talks for not a reboot but a continuation on Batman, the animated series, which includes, of course, Mark Hamill as the Joker and Kevin Conroy as Batman. Damn. The real Batman. How old is Kevin Conroy at this point? Because every time I hear stuff like that, I wonder how long the show will be able to continue before, you know, tragic events happen. Oh, Kevin Conroy. Oh, never mind. 65. <laughs> so, I mean, they'll still be able to get... I imagine they'll still be able to get a couple of seasons in for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that's something really cool. That's one of the the greatest animated series of all time, for yeah. sure. Do you remember... The... It's aged extremely well, by the way. Well, yeah. Because that... of the way they set it prematurely in noir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, the whole... Noir aspect to it, I feel like gives it a timeless kind of quality. Yeah. Like it feels like you're watching a detective show sometimes. Yeah. It really leaned into the detective aspect of Batman. Yeah. I feel like. And to me, Kevin Conroy is the real Batman. And Mark Hamill is the real Joker. I feel like canonically, this is, when I think about Batman, I think about Batman the Animated Series. Me like, too. If you wanted to introduce... If you if I, if I you tell me Joker, though, I'm going to think of Animated Series and Heath Ledger. That's fair. I feel like Heath Ledger's representation is definitely a classic. Just like, but you know how Gen Z would be like uh, Jack Nicholson and his representation of the Joker. I mean, each version of the Joker, except for Jared Leto, tackled a different aspect of the character. Yeah. That's fair. Jared Leto is just terrible. So the show, the original Batman the Animated Series, started in September of 1992, September 5th of 1992, and it ran all the way until September 15th, 1995, so for three years. Um... And it got a 9 out of 10 on IMDb. And the animated series was so good, they continued Batman into Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Yes, and you can watch the whole original uh, Batman the Animated Series on HBO Max right now. It's really good. If you've never seen it, check it out. Especially you, Kellen. (laughs) Shout out to our faithful listeners. Yep. Um... And as far as uh, other weird media nerdy news... Four seasons. One of the weird nerdy news, um, GameStop stock jumped over to $70 because of memes. (laughs) What? 
You're gonna have to explain this one to me because I saw a brief headline about it, but I didn't really read into yeah, it. Yeah, people were basically just joking. They were like, GameStop stock! And then they memed it, and then it's $70. Wait, wait, so speculation- For no, for no reason. So speculation went up on GameStop stock because it was being talked about on As Reddit. a joke. GameStop was probably so happy because they're on their last leg. Oh yeah. I'm sure if I look at that chart tomorrow morning, it's just gonna like look like Superman ride a man of steel, like roller coaster drop. Didn't they just close like a bunch of like hard store locations? Oh yeah. GameStop's been awful for the longest time. Nobody's selling them their, you know, PS4s for 30 bucks anymore. 321 stores in 2019 alone. And they plan on closing even more stores by the end of 2020, or had planned on closing more stores by the end of 2020. Um, it's not really saying whether they're going out of business or not, though. But I mean, it looks like they're they're bleeding out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> slowly but surely. And so a rise in their stock prices. Who knows how that could have actually affected? But... Don't let your dreams be memes, everybody. <laughs> I'm sure it's not gonna affect anything, but goddamn, like... I mean, it affected some people, they made fucking money! Yeah, but that's just like Elon Musk being able to completely tank Tesla's stock by talking about... Or pump up Dogecoin! Right, right, the internet and its ability to affect the already volatile stock market. I feel like that's what this is really... <laughs> like, that's really the point of this here, is the fact that Redditors were able to increase GameStop, a company who is slowly bleeding to death. Because of memeing. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, maybe Bernie Sanders wasn't crazy when he was saying we need to regulate <laughs> the fucking Wall Street a little bit more. Because if a bunch of Redditors started Do you think those memes, Bernie Sanders memes survive until this episode drops? So, a week? It's, it's been about a week. I feel like we'll be getting them well into February, actually. As long as it continues to be cold, I think we'll get Bernie Sanders memes. Yeah. It's a pretty good meme. Bernie, it's a pretty good meme. Bernie memes are all, I'm once again asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm once again asking you to send me more Bernie memes. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So. Break time! And in this week's Turtle Takes... Hey, it's Look at that turtle go, bro. Turtle Takes, segment where we get react to something entirely too late <laughs> because we release our episodes a week later. Oh, that's to be expected. A segment where we get y'all caught up on things we're just getting caught up on. Yep. <laughs> just it's a refresher case. course. Yes. <laughs> so, Conor McGregor had a fight this week. Yeah, if you can call it that. Uh, my man got slept. He got knocked out. What was the, uh, his? Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier. That yeah. was apparently the second match that they had. McGregor won the first one. Right. But Poirier destroyed him. Yeah, my man came back hard, Joe. And it... He was playing with McGregor. I feel like... 
Connor was, you know, he definitely was in his foundation, but he couldn't get his footing. He couldn't get his footing. Literally or metaphorically? Metaphorically. I felt like he just couldn't get an edge up, you know? Poirier always kind of seemed like to be a step ahead of him, and it showed when... Poirier was taunting him. Yeah. Pointing at him, saying, come and get... The dude fixed his hair in the middle of the fight. Yeah, those combos, man. When he really, like, got into, like they said, when he really got comfortable with... Like, dude is really playing Smash Brothers and smashing taunt. (laughs) Yeah, he laid Connor out. Taunt cancel. I don't know. Do you think this will be it for Connor McGregor? No, they're going to fight again. But the other thing is, oh, uh, like... as soon as McGregor lost, you know what was the number one trending thing on Twitter? What? Jake Paul. Right, look, I said who, right? Kind of. <laughs> Damn. I Look, I saw him trending. Apparently, McGregor's got $50 million in a bank account waiting for him if he fights Jake Paul. Verified. Yeah. Yeah, that... Um, clip of Jake Paul on Mike Tyson's podcast where Mike Tyson made him aware you know Connor's not afraid of you right but my man you know he poked his chest out it was like he don't gotta be afraid of me to get knocked the fuck out yep. <laughs> and after you know Jake is what like 2-0 and o right now so he's probably feeling a little gas he was also like twice Nate Robinson's size yeah and the other dude that we just watched him fight it, that dude didn't have no real form. So my brother is an amateur boxer, and we talk about boxing a lot. The dude in the video we watched, Jake Paul fight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just to be clear on everybody yeah. who is listening. That's yeah. That's not my brother. <laughs> my brother, my actual brother, who is an amateur boxer. We were talking about. Jake Paul and his clout chasing by trying to fight these celebrities like, you know, Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor and all that. And I'm wondering, where the fuck does he get the $50 million to sit in a bank account for McGregor? Disney? (laughs) Come on, man. They still sitting on Disney and YouTube money. You are talking about YouTube's prodigal son, right? Like, aside from, like, PewDiePie, Jake Paul is probably still one of the most famous YouTubers like out there right yeah when you think YouTube you think PewDiePie or fucking Logan and Jake so he's trying to use his clout to circumvent the actual ranking system of boxing and I don't think it's and a lot of other people don't think it's fair to fighters who are working you know who are cutting their teeth in these actual like amateur fights to climb the ranks and i think if what jake wants to do he's also calling out people who like mcgregor i think is like no he's not he's back in the usa clearly but i mean like he's kind of just like a meme right now well and he fought nate robinson and he fought he wants to fight floyd mayweather who's retired unless you throw him a hundred million dollars yeah and i mean that's my that's point, probably though. what it's gonna take that's my point though he's going he's chasing clout and instead of proving that you know he's skilled in the way most amateur fighters prove that they're skilled instead of even taking like there's a whole new route that they could take with this right and they could open up youtube sports fucking if what you want to do is be a youtuber turned amateur athlete then find other youtubers with amateur athletic talent and 
start a whole new thing there, <laughs> right? The one I, is... we we talked about this a little, and then the one that I said I would I would pay for the pay per view to watch: Jake Paul versus Joe Rogan. Fucking absolutely, like that. I've that would be amazing. That's more in the realm of reasonable, and also I feel like Joe Rogan would dog the he would shit out beat of the Jake Paul. Fuck out of him. Come on, like Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan would probably be like, "All right, fine, we'll box." Right, right. <laughs> I'd like to see, yeah, Jake Paul find and Logan find other YouTubers who do UFC and like vlogging and stuff like that, and you know, fucking bring some other people up with you, make it interesting in that perspective, that platform. And I feel like they would even have an easier time getting fights with Conor McGregor's and Floyd Mayweather's. I bet you, I bet you people would be more interested in Jake Paul versus Joe Rogan than they would be in the other two. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like that, I feel like that would just be way more interesting. I wonder how much the bag would have to be for Joe Rogan to do that. I almost feel like Joe Rogan would fight Jake Paul off of the principle. <laughs> I feel I, like I, he would still you know, like if, if you're right. Jake, Joe Rogan really is one of those types of people, so <laughs> I feel like fifty million would be enough, right? Like if he's willing, I don't to pay, think it would take fifty million. I feel like that would be enough because Joe already knows that he's willing to pay Connor for that, right? And I feel like Joe knows that his clout is enough. <laughs> to take that 50 million bag, maybe even push it to 75, because look at, I mean, come on. Joe Rogan versus Jake Paul. I would I would buy that pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> so many people would buy that pay-per-view. It's not even fucking Ted Cruz. Can you imagine like, pay-per-view. Like, like Joe Rogan, Donald beats Trump the, might even. He beats the hell out of him. Yeah. And then he just goes into the sound booth and he's like, Hey everybody, my guest today is uh, Jake Paul. <laughs> yeah, nope, so look, they'll have a pod together where they talk about beating the fuck out of each other. Then they'll have an after pod. Where they beat the fuck out of each other. Come on, I bet you they could even get Donald Trump to show up. Yeah, I'm sure they could. <laughs> That's the bad part. Come on, man. Thank God, where's the money? Come on, if this happens, I need my bag. The fight's, the fight's not legit until Jalen Rose shows up the one, though. Mm. Mm. How much do you feel like we would have to tweet at Joe Rogan to make this happen? We would have to get like TDZ on it. And I feel we'd like, have to get a lot. Of, like it would have to be a pretty serious campaign to get Jake Paul to fight know, Joe Rogan. I'm wondering because like I know Joe Rogan is like you know actively he actively does like martial arts and stuff like that. But has he actively fought? recently i don't know i know he hosts and he's like best friends with dana another reason why this could happen immediately right is because he's like best friends with dana white <laughs> like come on and, and you know dana would be in on that bag immediately <laughs> you know he would be in on that bag so i don't know like he'd but, be like big bag bald brain power <laughs> uh and if joe rogan wins jake paul has to shave his head bald for the rest of the no, year. No, he has to shave his beard. Mm. <laughs> he has to be completely bald, skinhead, for the rest of the year. Eyebrows included. Mm. Come on, internet. Make <laughs> this happen. What does Joe Rogan have to do if he loses? Grow his hair back. I don't know if Joe can anymore. For real? Maybe. I mean, Joe Rogan, like... He has to let Jake Paul host his podcast for the rest of the year. Not for the rest of the year. Yeah, maybe not for the rest of the year. Definitely not the rest of the year. 
Oh, God. Like... Oh, I know one. Jake Paul would host an episode of the Joe Rogan podcast with special guest Joe Rogan. I don't feel like that's good enough. I feel like Jake Paul just gets to host the Joe Rogan podcast with his choice of guest. For like a week? For a year. That'd be like three or four episodes. Yeah. I would hate every minute of that. I really hope Joe Rogan would beat the shit out of him then. Like, you know, these... these YouTube influencers and these Instagram influencers jumping into like other forms of media for increasing for a specific purpose. For the corporate of, bag. Yeah, increasing their clout. You know, you have uh, Alicia Allen who is that TikTok influencer who is going to be in the remake of She's All That, the He's All That remake. So you've got TikTokers transitioning into actual acting jake paul moving into the sports realm you know kind of like i mean the old joke like stand-up comedians have told this joke and they're like yeah you know you're really funny you're a great comedian can you act it's but it's also like you know you got and then twitter like twitter comedians trying to do actual stand-up so is that the new wave now don't don't make fun of twitter comedians you want to do actual stand-up. <laughs> but is that... Yeah. Follow me at Ziggy Starscream. <laughs> Will we continue to see things like that? Will we continue to watch these influencers that we grew up with on, like, YouTube and stuff like that transition into... I mean, how far is it... How far are we from getting, like, an actual Philip DeFranco, like, news show on, like, MSNBC? Like, how long does it take before Philly ends up on MSNBC? Or, the, I mean, look at the Young Turks. You know what I mean? Like... I mean, perfect example. The video I had you watch two weeks ago of the old clip of Jon Stewart on the show Crossfire. Right. Where they were asking his, they were questioning his credibility. And he was like, you see, the problem here is I'm after a show where puppets make prank phone calls. Right. (laughs) But But the lines are being blurred here is my point. And... So what does it, what's the point where Trevor Noah is getting actual stories? I mean, Trevor, like, the way The Daily Show has transitioned into the, you know, single camera, like, Trevor Noah, like, it's like a, watching a vlog now. Like, I actually like how tr- The Daily Show transitioned into, like, the, you know, post-COVID production kind of thing. And the same thing with, like, Deezus and Mero, when you, like, watch their show now, it's kind of like watching a vlog and... The, the lines, like I said, are I mean, Steven does blurred. his show from, like, his living room, and he makes it look like it's a fireside chat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with the new, like, moral standards, what do you think these new influencers will continue to look like? Or will look like in the future? Oh, uh, a minefield of eggshells. Uh, I just, I see a lot of them trying to... Cancel culture is just waiting for a little bit of blood in the water. I almost feel like, I don't know, I feel like that's dying down, though. I really don't see cancel I don't see, I don't see hashtag blank is canceled party. Yeah, I don't see as many canceled parties or canceled trains being, like touted about some of them just got really ridiculous i even saw one where it was like billy eilish's cancel i'm like what she you know is in constant controversy with her culture vulture identity um 
Now, what exactly uh, culture is she vulturing? Well, some of her style options, you know, are very reminiscent of, like, her long fingernails, the baggy clothes aesthetic is very reminiscent of things that were popular in, like, hip-hop, but specifically cultural to, like, specifically references to cultural aesthetics from early, like, 90s hip-hop and stuff like that. Things that, like, people used to get called, like, ghetto and trashy over. Oh, the way you were describing her fashion, I was thinking Cobain. Not even. Like, she wears, like, baggy, like, Gucci suits and shit like that. Weird. Weird. I mean, some of her aesthetic can be looked at, I guess, as grunge, but... There are other aspects of it that are borrowed from, you know, different cultures. And that's just the discussion the discussion between appreciation and appropriation. You know what I mean? But I feel like... Something old, something new, something black. <laughs> borrowed but never given back. Smooth. <laughs> uh, I, you know, but I feel like we are coming to a more cohesive understanding of the new moral and I guess credential standards for influencers and whereas we I, mean, still what, get- I think the other ish thing that you haven't mentioned is what is the ultimate goal of these influencers now yes well yeah I guess that's a perfect way to put it that perfectly encompasses I guess what my whole point of this discussion was what do we feel like they're going yeah what is the goal what are they going to continue to look like does Jake Paul continue to do vlogs or does he transition all the way into you know being an athlete maybe it's like the old adage um, when is it enough I don't necessarily see his transition is his transition as <laughs> anything negative i just him using his youtube clout to try and jump rank is what bothers me like i don't have a problem with youtubers and ig influencers transitioning using their social media platforms to transition into more stable career choices but i do have a problem with them jumping rank because it does feel kind of the social privilege that's superseding the work of yeah of celebrity right and fame like people who are able to go viral in this day and age for little to no reason are able to accomplish things that people who really take the time in perfecting their skill and their craft are over yes make us go viral we've been working at work perfecting our skill and our craft (laughs) Please. But like SoundCloud rappers, like Lil Pumps and Takashi 6ix9ines, while, you know, people like Mick Jenkins and Big Crit are still being overlooked to yeah. an extent. You know what I mean? How long does I it do take? I do love Big Crit. And like Toby Inway and. Not Tory Lane. <laughs> I wouldn't call Tory Lane's overlooked. Nope. But nope. These are people who have a dedicated following and I guess could be considered influencers to an extent, but they're not as active on their social platforms as a Jake Paul or a Takashi 6ix9ine or a Lil Pump. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So, is do you have to? Is that the new standard? Do you use social media as like a platform to jump off of and transition into, you know, an actual entertainment career? As a fighter, do you now need to also vlog 24-7, show everybody your journey to being an amateur fighter and to being a champion in order to garner the... Because that's part of, like, the thing with UFC, right? It's marketed way better than boxing is. It's way more... For some reason, it's way more palatable and easy to follow. Kicks. So, you think it's because of the kicks? I think it's honestly because of just being able to kick and ground game and ground pounds <laughs> and that it's basically a no hold barred fight they're literally in a cage yeah yeah i mean it's the aesthetic to an extent for sure versus a ring like there's something about like a boxing ring that does feel antiquated and classical at this point um but yeah do you think that social media and entertainment are now molded together like fused together Will people be able to get entertainment careers moving forward without having huge social followings? That, I think, yes. Because there are still casting calls for small movies. Yeah, but being an influence, like being able to say, I want to audition for this movie and I also have 2.3 million followers on Instagram and active engagement from 2.3 million followers on Twitter. I have, you know, a YouTube channel that regularly gets some odd amount of views. To quote Leonardo DiCaprio, they still have to show it. So at first you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. But that's not the case though. Because as we see, Logan, isn't it Logan is getting ready to fight Floyd Mayweather. And he lost his fight to KSI. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Mayweather will just take the fucking bag. But so will Warner Brothers. So will Disney. So will Universal Music Group. Here's the thing. There are smaller roles, too. So you're going to have people still come up through the ranks. It's not going to be like YouTubers rule the world. I mean, that's fair, but we are because getting to YouTube, a point Because with YouTube, you still have to be good. But we are at a point where influencers, being an influencer, is a viable source of income. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Technically, we're influencers now. And it is a viable source of transitioning into something. I mean, like I said, look at what Philip DeFranco has been able to do with the Philip Once we show. get the bag from this, we're going to shoot for the Netflix special. <laughs> I mean, look, shit, Mindy K or not Mindy Kaling, uh, what's the, Lily Singh. Look at what Lily Singh's been able to do. Look at what PewDiePie was able to do with just playing Lindsay streaming Sperling. games. Like, yeah. Like, people do use this influencer model to really project themselves into a better, more sustainable lifestyle. Which they probably would ideally do anyway. And most of the kids growing but up But the thing nowadays, is, they still have to be good at the YouTube and the getting the videos out. But good is subjective, though. Not when there's view counts. 
one of the most popular, if not the most popular channel on YouTube is like a fucking nine-year-old opening toys. I mean, everybody loves watching the joy of a child. He still continues to make like the most money on YouTube and has like the most branding deals and shit like that. Like, all right, he's probably corrupted, but. I mean, who knows? I'd like to see what that kid does when he finally gets old enough to actually use the money that he made. Is it Ryan's toys? A lot of coke. Let's hope not. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know, man. I just wonder if... Like I said, most of the kids growing up nowadays, you remember how, like, when we were young, you wanted to be, like, a ball player or, like, you know, a movie star. Now I still want to be a rock star. Now they want to be YouTubers, dog. They want to be YouTubers, like... Being a rock star sounds way more fun. But then again, I also have being like the a, what are you I have the, like a romanticized vision of it with like I was being, in, being like in the 80s. Being an influencer is literally making your life interesting enough for millions of people to watch. So your whole job is on some Anthony Bourdain shit. Like you just travel, take cool pictures of things, and fun videos for people to enjoy. You're getting paid to live, and I don't blame these kids for wanting to do that. Neither do I. We all want to do that. If we could all get paid to fucking travel and lounge around and just talk to people about Snap how it... call. Right. Yes. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It, the, the, the whole idea of being a YouTube influencer at its core, or an Instagram influencer at its core is objectively appealing at its nature. Like, there is the crux of fame, though. Yes, but that's what... That's one of the things that I wanted, is, that though. I tried to mention. You're famous enough the to get The thing that I tried to, to mention when Doom passed. Rest in peace. Uh, would you rather be famous and known? Or infamous. Or, no, or your oh. character being famous but you and yourself are not yeah so would you rather doom you... is doom's not famous until he puts on the mask right banksy's not famous yes. when he's walking down the street no no i agree um shit. so do these youtubers do they then have to decide which way is the better way to go or it like i said it's the crux of fame type thing this is why Green Day is doing that the the side project all in masks and everything. Yeah. So nobody knows that it's Green Day. I just think For the that, same purpose, like I said, Green yeah. Day now is so big and culturally re culturally relevant, they can't get away with doing like the hardcore fuck you punk songs anymore the way they used to. So they do the other band yes. with masks and everything, so they can. And I Green Day's always been like that. Also though, there's the argument to be but like you're saying, yeah, it's notoriety versus talent i want to say and it's like yeah the, a lot of these people who are famous for lack of better words don't are famous for just being famous right it's the kim kardashian effect like yeah why are we talking about her i don't know because everybody else is talking about her <laughs> like and whereas certain back when i guess we were growing up we didn't have that so much and people who would be considered influencers 
were considered that for their taste making ability. Well, here's another you know, here's another example Madonna, of, of being famous, but you're not famous in yourself. Superheroes, their secret identity. They're famous, but they in themselves are not famous. Who are some people you would consider influencers with the amount of skill or I guess talent that to actually deserve because like I'm thinking like Madonna was totally would have been an influencer uh you know fucking Lil Wayne an influencer for sure uh Jay-Z uh Dennis Rodman the Beatles yes Dennis Rodman you know those are the kinds of like influencers we grew up with your Andy Warhols your um Basquiat's like those are the people that were the tastemakers. Yeah. Like, now we get... Your Cobains. Yeah, totally, right? The people that set an aesthetic trend that, you know, carried... Now, I don't even feel like people who are influencers now really even do that necessarily, as much as they are, like, brand ambassadors. Like, I feel like a lot of influencers are just glorified brand ambassadors. Yeah. Alicia Allen can, you know, act to an extent, but what it really is is this is a TikTok prodigy. So now it says you can too be an Alicia Allen using TikTok. Use our platform and the right way and you can get that acting career. The same thing with YouTube. You want to be a celebrity makeup stylist well do a bunch of makeup tutorials and garner enough people following your makeup tutorials and maybe beyonce will bring you on to do her makeup you know lady gaga will bring you on to do your her makeup that that kind of shit you know you want to play for some of these esports leagues stream a bunch of videos on Twitch and if you get enough followers and you you know you really are clutch like that then maybe you'll get a shot on one of these e-leagues coming up. Yep. Cuz there are people that sit in like Challenger and Masters that never get a call for league like yeah, but you know a lot of it is because they're one tricks and if their character got banned in an organized where they scout the player, yeah, he would just kind of be fucked or she would but just kind of be fucked. You know, Ninja shit like that all the offers that were coming in for him after like i mean shit he even got to stream Fortnite with drake like, yeah so <laughs> come on man i mean it also goes like do you think like um, josh hart the uh the forward for the new orleans pelicans yeah streams on twitch all the time yeah and there are Twitch streamers and YouTubers. So it who, goes. It goes from other things too, like where he's an athlete and then he wants to be a streamer. There are some people, and there are some people who are actually talented and do get recognized for their talent that wouldn't have otherwise if it wasn't for TikTok, Twitch, Lindsey Sterling. Yeah. So I just wonder if this is the way now. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> Is this the way? Do you know the way? Do you have to be an influencer now in order to really transition into those fields? I feel like you either need to hit it with... if you. I feel like you need to hit it with an early record or role, or you need to hit it with a channel 
on YouTube or something like that, and then the paths will probably cross over. So you think it's just a crossover effect? Yeah. I think eventually the person who is an actor or a musician will eventually go on to social or something like that, yeah. and the people that do social will then go into acting and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder... It's more, I guess, just like a overall view of in the culture. And But that brings it back to my point about the new moral standards of this generation and moving forward. Do we... Because we're holding actual celebrities to higher standards now, right? Like, you know, it doesn't, like you said, cancel culture. It doesn't take long for Jared Leto to oogle a secretary too long before people are yep. like, you know. <laughs> Do we now, since it's easier for influencers to transition into more lucrative positions, do we now continue to hold them to a higher talent of standard? Or a higher standard of talent, excuse me. Like, you know, Logan is fighting Floyd, but Connor is not fighting Jake. And a lot of people think it is off principle. Like, no, you're not, you haven't earned this. So now do we- Floyd will shamelessly take any back. We all know this. Well, yeah, that's Floyd, right? But I'm saying as a collective, do we now, can you see us now holding these influencers to a higher standard of talent and skill? Since it is easy for them to use their clout to transfer into a more lucrative position. So basically what you're saying is you need to have people who are in a super saturated field to have their skills show up and hopefully strive to rise above the rest. I was going to say, do we start gatekeeping clout more? Follow us at the flood pod. <laughs> was I subtle enough? Uh, man, I, I don't know. It's just an interesting thought to me to you know see so many people using these platform these new platforms to transition into these older you know more stable platforms and does that make these platforms more stable or does that decrease or, or not decrease but does their hmm what was I gonna I was gonna say their valid not validity but their volatile nature because I mean who knows how volatility much, yeah their volatility like because who knows how much longer facebook is going to continue to be as culturally relevant i mean with the ever amounting like criticism of facebook as a platform how long does it take before facebook is dethroned you know what i mean and with youtube continuing to twitter be, is hilarious yes i don't yeah i don't know if twitter is going to go anywhere for a while Twitter is its own thing. Twitter is its own animal, run by our favorite Western saloon owner, Jack Dorsey. As long as people want their stream of consciousness heard, I think we'll have a Twitter, right? Yeah, I mean, like, Mark Zuckerberg, we all know him as, like, 1984 Big Brother, but like we said before, Jack Dorsey, he kind of just wants to let it go. He he doesn't know what he started. I I think the fact that... What I really think makes Twitter more viable moving forward than Facebook is 
Twitter's use as a political platform. Mm-hmm. Right, like the you know, aside from the whole Trump using Twitter thing, the Arab Spring, like the Arab uprisings, were all done through Twitter as a platform. Yeah, that's why Twitter is like fucking banned in China and shit now because of things like that, and you know because of the outreach capabilities that Twitter has. Um. The power of a hashtag. Yeah, I think it makes it more valid to keep than Facebook, which and also because you know Jack has balanced the open discourse versus policing, you know, like hate speech and things like that. Yeah, like we said, to an extent, the last thing he wants to do is ban somebody from Twitter. Yeah, and you know he made that evident in his statement about how he felt with banning Donald from Twitter. Yep, but I mean, he's the saloon owner. He knows there's some shady shit going on in his bar. Yeah, every now and again. But he keeps the shotgun behind the counter. Look, Jack is going to keep pouring shots as long as he can, but every now and again, you got to cut somebody off. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why I feel like... Twitter being I mean, Marrow's been in Twitter jail how many times? Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like Twitter being a bar is the perfect analogy because that right there is perfect in why some people get cut off on Twitter and some people don't. It's, I guess some people was violating more than others. But <laughs> That's an episode name. Twitter is like a bar. <laughs> I like Saloon because bar can be taken too many different that that's not twitter funny. i don't I, i'm gonna i'm trying to find a way to put twitter and saloon together and just like it it doesn't work twitter the saloon doesn't sound right i was gonna say jack and mark jack mark and tom walk into a bar it's <laughs> a good one tom myspace oh the most famous grainy ass picture <laughs> Uh, that should be the episode name right there. Jack, Mark, and Tom walk into the bar. <laughs> yep. And on that note, you guys, just remember, none, none of this, this is, is normal. normal. It's getting a little bit more normal, though. <laughs> a little bit new normal is being established. The new abnormal. There you go. <laughs> be safe, Look, guys. It's a flood. It's a flood. Those it's are flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates.